Hello, cookbook friends. This is the fourth episode of the Cookbook Divas podcast. I'm Carrie, and I'm here with Katie, and we are looking at all the new cookbooks coming out the second week week of March 2021 that we are excited about. We've been doing research, so you don't have to. And we will also be getting our hands on as many of these cookbooks as we can in the following month or two, since we don't quite get sneak preview cookbooks mailed to us yet. We're hoping to, hint. And uh, we'll be doing cookbook reels on Instagram where we quickly flip through it so you can get a preview of what it looks like. We'll be doing cookbook look-through videos on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube where you can hear our reviews of the cookbooks. And we'll be writing about them on our blog. So Katie has been doing research on the massive amount of cookbooks that are coming out second week in March. Yeah. Yes. What is going on and what are you excited about? Well, I am excited about, well, there's a lot, obviously. Second week of March is kind of, you can tell there's like a whole slew of cookbooks coming in. And it's more than just health cookbooks this time. Yay! No offense to healthy cookbooks, but they were getting kind of preachy. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. There are quite, there's some really fun ones out there. Don't get me wrong. So uh, first, I wanted to start with cocktails and beverages because that's the best way to start anything is cocktails and beverages. And we're coming up on a year of pandemic isolation, so we need to have a celebratory drinking anniversary party online. Something. Yes, absolutely. So I think actually <clears throat> you have the first cookbook. Uh, I do. I am excited because I judge books by the cover. <laughs> And the cover of Sparkling Wine Anytime, the best bottles to pop for every occasion, which comes out March 9, is gorgeous. And there's this beautiful bottle of sparkling wine. And I'm also a wine blogger for my local wine region. And we've learned very carefully that only you can only call sparkling wine champagne if it's from the champagne region. So this is sparkling wine. And it's by Catherine Cole, and it is a beautifully illustrated guide to sparkling wine with just cute illustrations and colorful, you know, pieces. And here's a page that says, the party's ever, let the games begin. What? That sounds like my kind of lifestyle. (laughs) And uh, I think it's kind of aimed at Gen Z and millennials that are old enough to drink because it's all cutesy with how to serve your bubs. And I'm sorry, I'm 50 and I would never refer to bubbles as bubs but that's too cutesy anyway and it's talking about champagnes and sparkly wines from the rest of france besides the champagne region and it's going to be very informative which i will look through it as i'm drinking and i'm looking at a page from italy piedmont and they're talking about an april spritz which i love to order in restaurants because it looks so pretty in the glass when i'm drinking it (laughs) so i'm shallow it's all about the way things look i'm sorry don't apologize to me. I'm really shallow too. <laughs> uh, so my uh, cocktail cookbook that I have found is Queer Cocktails, 50 Cocktail Recipes Celebrating Gay Icons and Queer Culture. This one is also super fun to look at, and I am also really shallow that way. So <laughs> no shame. And I love how cute it is. So like the they have a a naked and famous section and they've got Madonna, a Madonna, you know, um, oh. <laughs> drink on there. They've got nice. uh, life on bars, David Bowie. They've got so many amazing 
fun cocktails in here. Lady Marmalade. Like, there's just <laughs> things on here. Um, so if you're really into that stuff and want to learn more about queer culture, this is definitely an amazing cookbook for that. This um, would be an awesome gift for my gay friend who's just got his backyard featured in a local architectural magazine. And we want to like, congratulations, like made his life like, oh, I'm sure he's drinking a lot to celebrate right now. Yeah, that is so cool. That's awesome. So what's next on your list? Well, I have been struggling to like this cocktail, but I've been trying because it's a classic. It's the Negroni. So I thought maybe if I check out this cookbook that's coming out March 9, the Negroni, more than 30 classic and modern recipes for Italy's iconic cocktail by David T. Smith. Maybe I'm doing something wrong or the bartenders that I've been ordering them from are doing something wrong because I like cocktails and it's gin, which I am learning to like more. And I like gin and I like vermouth and I like Campari, but all together I'm like, ah, why is this so bitter? What's happening? Yeah, I... I've never actually had a Negroni either. And I'm now I'm really curious because I like those things too. And, but I've never heard of it. I've never heard of a Negroni before. So I kind of feel like, I don't know, I'm a bad drinker, I guess. Or we have to work drinker. on that. I know. So, <laughs> I'm a trashy drinker. I'm sorry. Uh. Well, and you, of, yes. I was going to say, speaking of trashy drinks, it can be very sophisticated, obviously, but this cookbook is stuff every coffee lover should know. Uh, I drink trashy coffee, too, so I no shame. I have no shame. Anyway, this cookbook is really cool because it actually it goes through, like, your coffee beans, coffee types, you know, like, how you can prepare coffee, which is obscene, especially... As a Seattleite, we're obsessed with how our coffee is. I've never heard anybody else explain coffee so almost pretentiously like a Seattleite does. And my boyfriend um, just drinks it just black, black, and I can make it light or dark. or I don't even like coffee, so I don't know what I'm doing, but he drinks it happily every morning. And I'm like, that's weird, but he didn't grow up in Seattle. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. And actually, so I've been guilty of like, I'll go to other states even. So I'll go to Montana and Oregon. You know, I guess Oregon's a little better, but I'm like always looking for a coffee stand. And then I have to keep reminding myself, oh, it's not Seattle. There's not a coffee stand at every corner. So it's like <laughs> panic mode and ensues. <laughs> so they also provide like cocktail coffee recipes in this as well, which is really cool. It's not exclusively a cookbook, but it's just really fun. And you can use coffee in your things like baking. So it'd be cool to know like what coffee beans provide certain flavors to enhance yeah. like even baking. So I thought that was a pretty cool cookbook. And I know there's some purists out there that are going to be mad that we're calling these drink books cookbooks because you're not actually cooking. But, you know, sure. there's no other there's no word for like cocktail books. Right. <laughs> we're yeah. just going to include them because we love them. But now we're going to move on out of the boozy breakfast into breakfast and brunch, which also could be boozy. Yeah. And we have just two books to chat about. And I'll take the first one because I am lazy. It's called Lazy Day Brunches, Relaxed Recipes for the Morning. It's by Ryland Peters and Small, of course, the famous cookbook publishers. And it comes out March 9. And I'm super excited because I love brunch. I am not a morning person. So the deal on the during the weekdays is my morning person boyfriend gets up and makes our coffee and tea. 
We'd chill out in bed for about half an hour watching stupid TV or the news or whatever. And then I got to get working. So he gets up and makes breakfast. So he's cooking five days a week. So that really puts pressure on me. Like, okay, on the weekend, he's been cooking all week. I will get up and make breakfast. But I'm lazy and I'm not a morning person. So by the time I'm serving breakfast, it's really brunch. So... I can use this cookbook to really up my game because I can't just slap some scrambled eggs and hash browns and toast and be like, there's your breakfast after he's been cooking for five days. So this one has like recipes for things I wouldn't think of serving like an egg breakfast taco, uh, chorizo cornbread. I would have to make two batches because I'm vegetarian, but he could have his chorizo cornbread and I could have the other one. Anyway, and of course, there's a recipe for the ultimate Bloody Mary with pickled celery. That's nice. I'm just going to open my existing Bloody Mary mix, throw it in a glass and start drinking it. But but I'm lazy. So this is the perfect cookbook for me. Oh, man. We have really one more brunch cookbook that Katie's going to tell you about. Yeah, it's a beautiful brunches, the complete cookbook, over 100 sweet and savory recipes for breakfast and lunch. So uh, this one's really interesting because they divide their cookbook into four really simple umbrella-y terms. So cocktails, sweet, savory, and then desserts. I kind of laughed because sweet and desserts, I feel like, are the same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and I I don't personally think I would like waffles for my main and then go on to a dessert course. That's just me personally. I know everybody's different. And that's kind of a sugar overload. I I agree. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I would rather have like potatoes and then potato chips. I'm a savory person all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, but yeah, this has a lot of cool different breakfast ideas, like, you know, a smoked salmon quiche, chicken and waffles, which I've actually never had. I'd like to try it one day. Um, and that, yeah, obviously cocktails that are super tasty, but it's got a whole range of different brunch recipes, which are awesome for whatever you want, whatever theme and whatever kind of brunch you're looking at. Well, I'm not going to buy that one because I'm lazy and I'm going to stick with the cookbook called Lazy in the title. <laughs> I'm, I, I, truthfully, I am also lazy. The pictures and beautiful brunches is it, they are beautiful. So it really sells you on that. If that might inspire me to get my butt out of bed sooner. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so we have a whole bunch of cookbooks to talk about in the international arena. Yeah. I'm going to start off by the cookbook that so many people are super excited about, Jewish, a cookbook reinvented recipes from a modern mensch by Jake Cohen. It comes out March 9, like everything else we've been talking about, widely anticipated. Mm-hmm. It's a fresh look on Jewish cuisine, and they kick in a few more than we're used to Middle Eastern flavors. Yay! Yes. Uh, I like to celebrate holidays with my Jewish friends. We have an agreement that if I invite them over to like, maybe not Christmas Eve or Christmas Day with the family, but I'll say, hey, I'm decorating my Christmas tree tonight. You want to bring the kids over, let them throw some ornaments on, and I'll feed you guys. They're like, sure, as long as you come over to our first or second night of Hanukkah. I'm like, sure. So we've traded, and since our holidays often overlap in December, I will make them traditional Jewish foods as much as I can as a non-traditional Jew. So I am going to grab this cookbook so that when I'm able to host friends in my home again, instead of outside in the backyard, hopefully I can make them some delicious things. So Jake Cohen 
reinvents the food of his Ashkenazi heritage and draws inspiration from his husband's Persian-Iraqi traditions to offer recipes that are, I'm just reading what the publisher says, that are modern and fresh. And I see the word bagel and I see the word babka <laughs> and a roasted tomato brisket, which I'm, wow. And Iraqi beet cubby soup, yum. Yeah. So there's not a lot of vegetarian stuff in here, but I will be able to make it work. Yeah. No problem. And this is the number one cookbook that pops up on any advanced notice sheets or publishers or other book bloggers are freaking out. Like, this is the one to get. Everyone, this is a big deal. Yeah. So if you're interested in this cookbook and you're going to get it from your library, I would put your hold on it now because you're going to be waiting for months. Absolutely. Yeah. And if it's that important to you, you'd probably need to buy it. Yes. Yes. Uh, the cookbook that also is uh, widely anticipated, also coming out March 9th, is Sushi Party, Kawaii Sushi Made Easy. Ooh. So um, I was looking through this as a person that just loves Japanese cuisine and sushi. I And I cook a lot, but I can't for some reason. It must, it's it's got to be my hands. I can't roll a perfect sushi roll. It's pretty sad. But this cookbook illustrates every technique you need for making the cutest sushi, like rolling techniques, the cutting, you know, cutting like little individual pieces to make all your cute little sushi parts and just like. So much work, but so worth it when you're done. It is. There's only 55 recipes, which mm. is fine because I think once you learn, this is more like a technique based cookbook. So now that you if they're going through all these techniques, then you'll be able to kind of create your own adorable, you know, sushi creations, which is super fun. And one thing also, because again, visual learner here, uh, it, the book is color coordinated for like difficulty level and just, you know, where you're at at the book. So if you're kind of going through the book in some sort of like easy, medium, hard, which I will probably do while I'm approaching this cookbook is... Yeah, it's just easy to navigate. Did they use colors like they do at conveyor belt sushi where the green plates are a dollar <laughs> and the stuff with expensive fish is $5, so it's purple? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it is a little like that. I think it's cute. Well, around here, we love looking through baking cookbooks, whether or not we actually bake. And I'm excited for Torta della Nonna, a collection of the best homemade Italian sweets. Yay! Yum. The author is Emiko Davies, who also came out with Florentine, which is coming out soon. And their past books include Aquacotta and Tortellini at Midnight, which I need to grab because I've never seen it. And now I want to look through it. Oh, a book for lovers of Italian cooking. And who doesn't like Italian desserts? First of all, who doesn't like dessert? Well, we're Katie and I are both kind of savory people, but I will eat dessert, especially on Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, yes. Yay! Yeah, me so, too. of course, there's a lot of amaretto flavors. They teach you how to make chocolate flan, amaretti flan. I'm not a fan of flan. It's so gooey. Um, but also things that are more like snacks to go with wine. Rosemary and sultana buns, sweet breadsticks, biscuits, um, which... They don't mean cookies like English people do, but they don't mean biscuits like we mean. It's more like biscotti and harder texture and something made with polenta, which sounds really boring. Sorry. And frozen treats, 
which is a nice category too for summer coming up. Milk gelato plum sorbet. And it, I don't know how to say this word. Gianduha. How do you say that word? Man. A semi-fredo. <clears throat> anyway. So that is Tortadella Nana coming out on March 9. What's your next international cookbook? It is Matt, Matt, oh man, sorry, Mr. Zhu's In Chinatown, Recipes Ooh. and Stories from the Birthplace of Chinese American Food. Which Chinatown is it, San Francisco or New York? You know, uh, that I mean, is, every city has one. <laughs> right, yes, it's in uh, San Francisco. Okay. Uh, so this, so Matt, Mr., why do I want to say Master Zhu? Mr. Zhu is a Michelin star chef who owns um Mr. Zhu's in San Francisco that um and it's pretty famous uh restaurant I wish I lived in California so that I could try it oh god I would love to try this like you know I only ever went to one Chinese restaurant in San Francisco when I would visit my friends and it was the Empress of China and it's one of those places that's kitschy cool and you just have to go there and it's touristy so it was amazing that my local friends wanted to go there but it was more of an American Chinese place so I didn't really get to try you know yeah some more authentic, authentic you know. food. yeah um so he does he definitely does traditional Chinese cuisine but there is still that American twist. I, I don't know why we have to always have this American twist, but this cookbook is really cool um, because they do offer a variety of things he, he serves in his restaurant, but also just new recipes. So uh, obviously like orange chicken wings are in here. I, I have a thing for orange chicken. I think it's super tasty, but <laughs> it looks, uh, it just looks more authentic and clean. I, I hate saying that cleaner than some, you know, it's not Panda Express, obviously. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no um, offense to Panda Express. <laughs> yeah. Uh, salt and pepper squid is another thing that's offered. Ooh. There's this beautiful fish, a Taiwanese style eggplant, which that looks super tasty um, and beautiful. The colors in this cookbook are really bright and vibrant. The, the book itself is like, it's got like gold leaf for the, for the actual text it's just a you know a sturdy book it's something you're gonna probably carry with you for a really long time you you know it should be on your bookshelf it's it's just a beautiful book i think um yeah so that's kind of mr zhu's uh chinatown recipe cookbook now we're going to move into american regional cookbooks or just american in general and Katie oh, yeah. has been doing research on these. What's coming out in that realm? Well, so uh, there's this cookbook. It's called Southern Keto Beyond the Basics. More of the easy comfort food you love. So, Why did you have this heavy sigh? Well, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of keto. I'm sorry, guys. No, no offense to anybody that does keto. Um, but I was trying to stray away from, there's so many keto cookbooks that came out in January and I was yeah. trying to like not add every, because there it's a constant thing, keto cookbooks, but this one is really cool because it's very niche. It's, you know, it only talks about Southern cooking, which is, I feel like very carb heavy. So finding ways of 
you know, eating keto and eliminating all the bad carbs that you need, I think is actually really useful, especially if you are somebody that loves keto. Yeah. So I, w- I was, you know, a little apprehensive to add the book itself, but when I'm looking through it, it looks really cool. Um, and it's not like any of the other keto cookbooks that, you know, have already been released. So it's very specialized. And if you like American food and, you know, you want to kind of stick with that and and you're really scared to kind of try keto or adjust your life, I feel like this will be a really good transition for that if you're wanting to try keto and you're stuck on the American diet. So that comes out March 9th. Uh, So it's exciting. So the next book I wanted to talk about is by Phoebe Bailey. And it's an African-American cookbook exploring Black history and culture through traditional foods. And I'm not sure why it didn't come out February, Black History Month, but maybe just, you know, publishers have these dates and they stick to it, you know, whatever happened. But this is a really important cookbook. And it's 400 soul food recipes, including appetizers, desserts, main dishes for all times of the day, plus the history behind them. And of course, lots of photos and illustrations and some historical photos. And the specialty here, or what makes this so intriguing, is the recipes are contributed by many contributors, many of whose ancestors participated in the Underground Railroad. And the recipes, like they really did their research and call up your grandma and ask what your great grandma made, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really, really historic too. And we're gonna learn a lot. I don't know much about uh, soul food because I'm a vegetarian, so I wasn't eating a lot of collard greens with ham hocks, but I do eat collard greens and I love cornbread. So some of the recipes, for example, are of course fried green tomatoes, 14 day sweet pickles, yogurt and shive biscuits, sweet potato pie, which we've all had and enjoyed, mm. uh, cornbread sausage stuffing, smoked turkey and black eyed peas. Well, I love okra. I love black eyed peas. I think I like soul foods, just not the meat parts of them. So I'm looking forward to that. And Phoebe Bailey has a congregation in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So, of course, the Quakers and the Amish and Mennonites that used to live there back in the day uh, helped with the Underground Railroad because they were anti-slavery. So this is going to be really, really educational, too. So that is an African-American cookbook exploring Black history and culture through traditional foods by Phoebe Bailey. What's next on your list, Katie? Well, this cookbook is really hilarious. And I didn't really know where to stick it, I, to be honest. It's uh, the Frosting University Kitchen Workbook, <laughs> an absurd but serious cookbook coming out March 13. Well, um, it is certainly absurd. The cookbook is entirely illustrated with these, I feel like, so they remind me of old English manuscript cartoons that the old mom to put. I gotta look this up. Because they're it, it's like a mod I feel like it's like a modern day twist on that because they're so ridiculous looking and, and and like yes, it is an absurd cookbook. <laughs> um but it is a little it's charming. I don't know. Uh for some reason. It's wow. weird, it's charming. For those of you that are listening to this podcast in the car, when you got get home, just go on Amazon and look at the cover of the Frosting University Kitchen Workbook. You're going to be like, what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
what is happening? So, okay. So let's, it says to take it seriously. So the menu oh. options in, in this are, you know, we've got like a roast chicken, uh, chicken soup, pasta bolognese, creme brulee, meatballs. So it's like little staples, I guess, uh, like classics of, of classical dishes. Um, I'm not sure what really kind of pull it it feels very english to me like it's got like an english twist to everything. like monty python illustrations like yeah. what what was this person smoking when they made this cookbook though <laughs> <laughs> they do provide gluten-free and vegan options or at least say that mo whether or not it's gluten-free or vegan for these and it actually seems like most of them are all these recipes which is really nice um it's they also have some kind of helpful tips throughout the recipe book like color coordinating certain like how to actually prepare everything and breaking it down in a very methodical way so i don't know if you've got a friend who's really into this kind of dorky uh <laughs> dorky <laughs> i love it it's that's why i put it in here because i think every, you you just need a you need to go look at it because it's it is a little silly but it's kind of fun <laughs> in its own way what's on your <laughs> what's on your list well i have a more serious cookbook to talk about right. now <clears throat> it is called cook together eat together comes out on march 9 surprise surprise yes. it's by the university of kentucky cooperative extension service family and consumer sciences extension that sounds boring but it really pulled me in because it's designed to help families enjoy more home-cooked healthy meals, which we, we're all eating at home more. We're still in quarantine until we get our vaccines, la, la, la. So that's really important. Yeah. And they're encouraging people to gather around the dinner table with loved ones, not just take your dish into your room, shut your door, and eat in front of your computer. <clears throat> yeah. They didn't quite say that I added that editorially myself. So it has 52 recipes, a shopping list section, and really trying to improve the quality of everyone's life. And so they provide a toolkit for lifestyle changes, like budgeting tips, which I need because I don't go to the store very often in person. I'm just being safe. But even when I'm ordering food online to be delivered to my doorstep, I'm impulse shopping. No, stick to the budget. Oh, man. Yes, I do that too. <sighs> and uh, preparation tips and tricks that help reduce mess, ideas to use leftovers, etc., and icebreakers for starting fun conversations around the table. So that was cook together, eat together. Awesome. What's next on your list? I don't know why I'm getting all the funny, ridiculous cookbooks. I did it myself. Because you're kind of funny and ridiculous, but I say that in a complimentary manner. I know. Well, okay, this cookbook is called Jerkin' It, a Forkin' Funny and mouth-watering barbecue cookbook that will leave meat lovers stuffed and satisfied. Thank you for enunciating that so carefully. You are welcome. It's the theater kid in me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that comes out March 9th. It is obviously filled with innuendos. Uh, mm -hmm. Like it's not just the it's not just the cover. It is every it's. I think it's pretty much every recipe in here is like a, an innuendo. If you're that kind of person, which I think we all are secretly, yes. if anything. <laughs> uh, so like, for instance, 
uh, they have like a huge sausage party. Oh, jeez. Uh, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> Finger licking Franks and beans, fully loaded juicy wieners, like just ridiculous. Sorry if this is too much. Maybe we should have put a little warning. Anyway, so that's kind of the cookbook you're looking like. That's what you're going to be seeing throughout this whole cookbook. It, it does have 50 uh, exclusively like grilling recipes. So it's it's not really vegan, vegetarian friendly. It's filled with. It sounds like a great gift for my dorky friend, John in Wenatchee. Right. <laughs> just be like, just like, Happy birthday. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. For any of your loved perverted friends, this is the perfect cookbook for them. So, yeah, what's next on your list? Well, we're going to get back to being serious. <clears throat> yes. We are looking forward to Food Between Friends, a cookbook by Jesse Tyler and Julie Tannis. Comes out March 9, like everything else here. Ooh. Best Friends, Jesse, star of Modern Family, which is a show I don't watch, but I think you do. Uh, no, I actually don't. Oh, I have okay. a lot of friends that do. And his recipe developer friend, Julie pay homage to their hometowns as they whip up modern California food with Southern and Southwestern spins in their cookbook. Yay. Yeah. They started a blog a while back, which I never ran into. And they, Oh, <laughs> this is funny. The publisher says they cook up delightful food spiced with fun stories pulled right from their platonic marriage. <laughs> yes. And they're laughing on the cover, making look things look fun. The recipes that I'm interested in, Hatch green chili mac and cheese. I would totally make that today. Little grits souffles. That sounds super fun. There's no Amazon look inside the book preview, so don't know what else to tell you. But California meets Southern and blends with Southwest uh, is totally familiar to me because I grew up in Southern California. But I took a long time to come around to liking like peppers and onions, so I didn't eat a lot of Southwest food because it was peppered with that kind of stuff. Yep. Now we're going to finish the podcast by talking about baking cookbooks, everyone's Yay. favorites. And we have about 10 we want to tell you about. If you keep on listening, we will cover those because Katie is up next. Yes. Uh, so the first cookbook is the National Trust Book of Baking. So this is a huge compilation of British Bakes, specifically written by Sybil Kapoor. Uh, this comes out March 9th, uh, as everything else. Uh, so Sybil is actually a well-respected food writer in the UK. Uh, this does kind of require a higher level of like knowledge of baking. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. I'm screwed. <laughs> Yeah, but it goes through a lot of the classics, like you've got Chelsea buns and tarts and, you know, those kinds Yum. of things. Yes, like this easy leak tart sound, uh, it, it looks really good. And it actually doesn't look too hard. It doesn't, it's, it looks like you just have to learn how to make a puff pastry, which is pretty, you know, obviously for tarts and then simple ingredients. But um, the, yeah, they... They have a lot of interesting things that, like, if you, you've ever watched, like, the great British, British Bake Off, which is one of my favorite shows. I love Oh, yes. Yes. So relaxing, uh, too. Yes. And you see all these amazing things that they come up with. Or even when they've got a prompt where it's like, yeah, you've got to make this Victoria cake or something. And I know that, or, or a Victoria sandwich. 
or something like that. Or the sponge, yes. Yeah, and you're like, I've, sometimes the prompt is like, I've, and they, sometimes the cooks are like, I don't even know what they're even talking about, you know, because there's so many of those things. This cookbook covers quite a bit of those, like, more sophisticated bakes, in my opinion, like things that maybe are a little you know, it's not a cinnamon roll. It's not a, a sugar cookie. It's like right. more expansive. So there's no Betty Crocker mix. I can open up. I know exactly. So this is kind of for a more seasoned baker in your family, which yeah, great gift. Super cool. You have a so, really good cookbook on your list for baking too, I believe. I am a huge fan of William Sonoma, not only shopping there and spending too much money there, but they really do put out really beautiful, awesome cookbooks. So they're coming out with baking favorites, a hundred plus sweet and savory recipes from our test kitchen. And I like to gift William Sonoma cookbooks. Like if someone gets married or even divorced, like a divorce congratulations party, you're going to be cooking for yourself. Here's a cookbook about baking. Anyway, uh, some of the recipes included here are bouche de Noel popovers, champagne mini tarts, which I would totally love to bake and eat. Uh, bourbon pumpkin cheesecake, champagne and raspberry mini layer cakes. Sounds super fun. And like every William Sonoma cookbook, the photography is modern, clean, clear, beautiful. Love it. Super yeah. fun. So, so now we're going to get out of baking and back into plant-based and sustainability. And I am a vegetarian. Katie is currently vegan and gluten-free. So we're looking up more of these vegan vegetarian cookbooks. So if you're just a hardcore meat eater, feel free to end the podcast now. But keep listening if you want to find out about seven intriguing plant-based books that are coming out second week in March. It is becoming a bit of a... I don't want to call it a fad because I, I'm starting to feel like a lot of people are transitioning into this plant-based lifestyle, you know, or at least trying to be more plant-based and reducing their meat intake. So yeah, there's a lot of these, like in general, it's not just about healthy eating. That's why they emphasize sustainability too, for a lot of these cookbooks. So the first one on my list is called Just Eat Real Food sassy <laughs> 30 minute nutrient dense meals for a healthy balanced life coming out again march 9th uh this is uh the author is caitlin green so she's actually a well-known instagram influencer she's been a private chef she does food photography she's done you know a lot of things that obviously involve food but this is really nice for people that like you know, lead busy lives like me and you because <laughs> it's 30 minutes max for a lot of these really yes. amazing recipes and they're healthy. So you don't feel guilty because sometimes I'll whip something up like mac and cheese and I'm like, well, that is not healthy, but <laughs> I did it in 10 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> so they have things like uh, the Meyer lemon garlic shrimp. So the, Ooh, I, I, I love Meyer lemon. Yeah. They've got, uh, like a lemon fennel salad. They've got, you know, all kinds of really delicious things. So it's definitely not just a vegan vegetarian cookbook if they're serving shrimp. No. So, yeah. and the, I actually had to be corrected by my friend, a friend of mine who is vegan and she apparently has a thing against, not against plant-based, but she's like vegan and plant-based aren't the same thing. Really? 
Oh. Yeah, because plant, I mean, like, usually it can be interchanged because if you're plant-based, you're mostly eating plants, but it doesn't indicate that you only eat plants. Like, you can still eat meat, but it's less meat and okay. it's heavy. Okay. It's mostly veg. Good to know. Yeah. We want to say things the right way. <laughs> right. Yeah. She was like, no. So um, anyway, this is a really cool cookbook, especially if you, you're leading a really busy life and you want to eat healthier and know that you're, you know, being more environmentally friendly. What's so that was food? Just Eat Real Food. And next yeah. I'm going to be covering Root, Stem, Leaf, Flower, How to Cook with Vegetables and Other Plants. So this could be of interest to people that aren't vegan or vegetarian and just want to eat more plants. Yeah. It is by Jill Meller or Gil Meller. And it's a cookbook about plants making the most of the land's bounty in your everyday cooking. Now, one thing that we noticed when we were making notes for this podcast was the cookbook says these are easy, but there's really a lot of necessary ingredients and many are not common. So you'd want to take a look at the shopping list before you dive in and make sure this is something you can pull off. Mm -hmm. They are trying to give an unpretentious air and have rustic, you know, recipes, but they're kind of stunning and the photography is elegant and gorgeous. So it's like, well, this isn't just, you know, <laughs> go out in the country, cook some food. Right. I'm looking yeah. through some of the example recipes. There's a blackcurrant ripple goat's milk sorbet that looks gorgeous. A courgette flatbreads with lots of herbs and goat cheese. That looks good. A Jerusalem artichoke kale and blue cheese tart. And I love making savory tarts. I'm not a fan of kale, but I would make it and eat it. But it's a little bit difficult for me to source Jerusalem artichokes here in Seattle during a pandemic in the middle of winter. Yep. And a broad bean rye crisp bread with artichokes and mint. And the ingredient list is definitely long on that. But it looks like it's worth, yeah, worth all the work. I New potato and nettle soup. I know for a fact there's edible nettles that grow near my house because I've fallen into them before. No. <sighs> so that is root, stem, leaf, and flower, how to cook with vegetables and other plants. What's next on your list? Uh, well, so next on my list is another Bad Manners book called Bad Manners, Fastest F. 101 Easy Recipes to Pack Your Plate, a vegan cookbook. What is it with you and your uh, funny cookbooks this week? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, well, so I've looked through a lot of these. This, uh, So this actually used to be called Thug Kitchen, which is also hilarious. So it was rebranded. And um, looking through these recipe for the whole series there's like multiple cookbooks from bad manners slash thug kitchen and they've got some seriously amazing recipes and i i kind of like their message <laughs> it's basically like very aggressively telling you eat better you know and like we need to be better to our planet to our bodies to each other and just like you that's know, nice being, we yeah, do being, being really aggressive about it but you know whatever it's fine uh, but the recipes are really awesome and they're really easy to make and they have, um, I guess it sets you up so that you're not kind of heavily relying on the cookbook. Like you'll be able to fly on your own oh, using yeah. a lot of the techniques that they, they provide. So I really like it. And also if you're just kind of, sometimes I get really bored from reading people's like, oh, this cookbook's so great. I love it. And I'd rather just have a really honest, 
you know, like this is amazing as F, you know, <laughs> recipe. I'd rather, you know, sometimes it's nice to have something a little refreshing. If you're like me that likes, you know, vulgar language, then this is <laughs> obviously a really hilarious cookbook for you. What's so that was on your list? Oh, that was that bad manners, fast yeah. as bleed. <clears throat> yeah. So the final cookbook I'm going to talk about today is the Forager's Kitchen Handbook, Foraging Tips and Over 100 Recipes Using What You Can Find for Free. And I'm really interested in this because like I just mentioned about nettles near me, I live near the woods and you can wander out and obviously find two or three kinds of berries. And there's some edible fiddlehead ferns, but I try not to pick too many because there's not a lot of my neighbors want some too. But I'd be really interested to find out more about foraging but I'm not so concerned with finding stuff for free. I'm not a freegan. I like to shop. I like to spend money, unfortunately. Uh, the author is Fiona Bird, and she's an expert forager, and she spent years gathering food from the land and teaches us how to use it. She covers flowers and blossom, woodland and hedgerow, fruits and berries, herbs and sea and shore. And I never thought about foraging on the shore, and that reminds me that there's a park near where Katie and I live in West Seattle, where dead octopus will wash up on the shore by the dozens. But I, I'm not, I wouldn't forage someone, something dead that washed up. That's probably not a good sign that it's freshness and what, what happened to it. And I also don't eat fish. But anyway, that was a little morbid. I'm sorry. I just did that segue. So, so some of the nice, pleasant recipes in her book are honeysuckle jelly, quince and wild uh, thyme sorbet, sea lettuce madeleines, wild hazelnut shortbread, and carrot and clover cake. Hmm. Sounds, sounds good. good. That was the Forager's Kitchen Handbook. And Katie has our last cookbook of the second week of March. Yeah, it is five ingredient whole food plant-based cookbook. Easy recipes with no salt, oil, or refined sugar. Um. Okay, if there's no salt, how do you add flavor? I know. I, I was, yeah, I was looking through this and I was like, oh man, wouldn't it, but it, I, a part of me is like, it would be so amazing if all of those things really did make this amazing it, it's a great attainable goal i don't need yes. to eat any more oil or salt and i certainly don't need to eat any sugar <laughs> yes i exactly so i'm like maybe they're on to something this also comes out march 9th this is by jennifer marie sinyard i'm sorry that might have been bad uh so I really like this cookbook, obviously, for, you know, whole food, not eating salt, oil, or sugar. I hate and love that. Um, but a lot of these recipes only, again, require five ingredients or less. And they kind of rely heavily on things that you would ordinarily have already in your pantry. You know, all of the spices you are probably going to have, all of the, you know, beans and you know, stuff that usually people kind of keep on hand just because they, they had it. Oh, but with the pandemic, I have a pantry full of beans right now. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. And rice, like, oh man, I have so much rice. It's unbelievable. So um, they, they also talk about the recipe is kind of, they can swap ingredients too. So like, if you're, you know, this is a really easy one, obviously, but if you're like, I don't really like spinach, I'd rather have kale. Actually, usually it's the other way around. I yeah, guess. me too. <laughs> But either way, you can go, you know, swap some of those uh, ingredients around and kind of have a really cool, more, you're, you're being a little more creative with your dishes. 
But this is one of the only cookbooks I have run into that talk about plant-based or vegan or any of that stuff that actually has like nutritional information, which I feel like for most of these, like especially health, like pushing health onto you cookbooks really need to have or like an actual nutritional list for everything. Like half the time I never get anything for just calories, like what each dish has per cal, you know, what each serving is per caloric wise. Wow, that was hard. So this one actually provides all of your nutritional information, all the calories you're going to be intaking and all of that stuff, which is really nice, especially if you're really counting calories and looking for all those things, or you have a specific diet you need to stick with. So that is the final cookbook, five ingredient, whole food, plant-based cookbook, easy recipes with no salt, oil, or refined sugar. And that is our roundup for the second week of March. We will be back next week. We publish on Fridays. We'll be talking about the cookbooks coming out in the third week of March. And it won't always be this many. This is just a crazy vortex of publishing and catching up with cookbooks and getting them out there. And if you're interested, you can watch our cookbook reels and flip throughs and videos on Instagram. And we publish lots of cookbook news from other people too and other blogs and other YouTube channels on Facebook. And we are on YouTube with cookbook videos and maybe we'll copy our podcast over there. We're thinking about it. Yeah. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.